Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Mystery on the rocks, oh yeah. Mystery on the rocks, yeah. Mystery on the rocks, yeah. Welcome to another episode of Mystery on the Rocks, the show that takes unsolved true mysteries and cocktails and puts them together for you. Uh, with me, I'm Masood. Uh, with me, as always, is the fantastic Suze Kempner. Happy birthday to me. I'm finally 22. <laughs> Happy birthday. Oh my god, I'm 22. I'm so old. Ooh. Happy birthday. Happy birthday. And happy birthday, Suze. Happy birthday, Suze. The amazing Chris Stokes. All right. <laughs> it's not his birthday. Happy birthday, birthday. to me. And <laughs> just sing again. Hello, hello. How, how are we? How are you doing? You had a good birthday, pretty, Suze. Pretty, yes, what yeah, have you been up to good. on your birthday? Well... I opened the day by catching up on the news, mm. which was all hilarious because yes. last night we got the treat of Nadine Dorries. Christian and Groomer Murphy was like, what about when uh, Boris Johnson accused Keir Starmer of not prosecuting Jimmy Savile when that's blatantly not true? And she, who she looks fucking drunk as yeah. well, mm. which in the context of everything that's been going on is a terrible look. She went, and that's just what you're saying though. <laughs> Like, oh, she no. was really belligerent. And at one point she goes, yeah, well, Kistama was saying stuff that wasn't appropriate. And he goes, well, the Prime Minister is lying. No, the Prime Minister tells the truth. Oh, <laughs> that was oh my God. And then he went, wow. he said like, he said something else. He went, no, what about this? He deliberately misled when he said this. And then there was like a long pause and she just goes, the Prime Minister tells the truth. No, <laughs> she, she did That's insane. Wow. It's a very funny clip, which was... Um, Pretty much the most fun I've had watching news since I think the 2017 exit poll. Uh, so oh. good for me. Oh, and Trump oh. winning, but that's different. Losing, losing, <laughs> oh, losing. Winning. Oh my god. <laughs> I was about and to say Trump like, won, which was which was that was, know, that was great. It was the greatest night of my life. Great day for democracy. <laughs> <laughs> losing. Trump, lo- Trump losing. Trump losing. I just want to be clear: is Trump Trump losing <laughs> when Trump lost? Uh, what are we drinking, Chris? I am drinking two parts a whiskey called Edredor. Right? Oh, yeah. And I've brought the whiskey with me because I want to show you. Um, it's called Edredor. It's non-chill filtered and this is its natural colour. I've never seen a whiskey that dark. Whoa. What? Wow, it's like black. Yeah, so it's non-chill like, yeah. How much more filter. black could it, this get? And the answer is it's, none. none. It's opaque is what it is. It, look at it. Whoa. Now, yeah. it, it has. It looks like Mr. Black. It's yeah, yeah, it has a really deep, um, it has a really deep sort of like uh, raisiny taste. 
Yeah. Ooh. Now, what I've done there is two parts of that. One part cherry liqueur. Ooh. And then uh, half a measure of maraschino syrup. And then I've got a little maraschino cherry. Oh, very Look at that. It's got a little cherry and floating in it. I have decided to call it a raisin dedredor. Oh, Chris, you nailed it, mate. Yeah, I like nailed that. it. I like that a lot. It's really tasty. Nailed it. Really tasty. Oh, that's really good. Excellent. Oh, good. That sounds fucking wow. delicious, to be honest. So, what? Why is it? Happy birthday, uh, Suze. <laughs> Thank Happy birthday, you. Suze. I'll drink to that. Tell us again why it, the whiskey's black. What is that? What is it that makes it? Oh, it's yeah. just its natural color. So they haven't really—they haven't done anything to. Some naughty distilleries treat the color of their whiskey. So if it's, um, oh. if it comes out quite pale, they'll put a little bit of coloring in it. Like what? Oh. Literally, they just go. Yeah, 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 to make it darker. This because obviously it's a clear spirit uh, before it goes into the barrels, and then the barrel, the yeah. oak, and the wood the is what gives it, it its color. The character of the whiskey comes from like the wood, so like the color. So, do you think like Jack Daniels? Is probably I don't know. I wouldn't like to cast aspersions on Mr. Daniels, but um, <laughs> John Daniels. Yeah, this is uh, uh, that's yeah. how dark yeah. it is. It's like so. Is that so like the barrel? If, you, if, if just... I poured you a glass of it, you wouldn't think it was whiskey. Really? If you, if you sipped it, just you, to look at. If you sipped yeah. it, you still might not be sure because oh. um, it's got that almost like, like sherry, juice. sherry, sherry sort of taste. Okay. Right. Mm. If once I told you it was whiskey, you'd be like, oh yeah, it's whiskey. Yeah. It's okay, quite okay. smooth, so like it's very sweet and raisiny, like I said. Okay. But with a, with 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 the, the kick of a whiskey because it's just. Oh um, right. It's non-chill filtered and it's just its natural colour, so. Oh. Yeah. Uh, it's That's ten nice. years old as well. It's a Highland, a Highland single malt. Okay. Uh, this one particular one, it was distilled in 2010 and it was bottled in 2020. Ooh. It's a uh, yeah, it's a it's it's a pandemic whiskey. It was a bottle we got during the pandemic. Um, oh, nice! Oh. And you've made it last. It goes really well with the cherry liqueur and the um, and the maraschino syrup. Yeah, I would oh. imagine that. Yeah, that would be really really nice. Yeah. What are you drinking, Suze? I've got tequila and lime in a Sports Direct mug. Nice. Very I mean, good. it is your birthday. Why not splash out? Yeah. <laughs> my mum got me a Sports Direct mug for my birthday present. And I thought I better have my drink from it. And I looked to see what, because I, I brought, I just picked up some bottles. And I went, do you know what? I think it's just going to be a night where I have tequila and lime. Yeah. In a Sports Direct mug. I thought that would be like. Yeah. Fair enough. Because I, I drank quite a lot of. Why did she get you a miniature Sports Direct mug? It's a real one. It's a. <laughs> why is there a reason why they're so massive? Those mugs. Is there like a real? Because they're the best. Because Sports Direct <laughs> is such a horrible shit company. They yeah. make amazing <clears throat> mugs to like lure you in. I think I reckon it, it is pretty a... funny how big they are. Like yeah. I'll never not find it funny how big they it's are. It's quite comically big. As big as my head. <laughs> That's what I mean. It's a miniature Sports Direct. <laughs> <laughs> I can hold it in one hand. I'm very strong. No, it's because it's got a handle, Suze. <laughs> I'll never forget when um, I was having a pint and oh Chris just God. started laughing at me. Funny. And I was like, what are you laughing at? Because I picked it up with two ah, hands. The reason I was laughing so much is because I was like, I can't believe Suze has just ordered a pint. And I said, do you have to drink it with two hands? And you went, no. No. And then you, then you did. He caught me. He caught me doing it. And I was like, look away. Look away. <laughs> Oh, I need to give it a name, don't I? Oh, yeah. Uh, tequila and Lime has got a name already, but in a Sports Direct mug, it needs... Sports you know. Erect. Hey, there we go. <laughs> I like it. Does it give you a boner? It's so nice. It's, it's, yeah. I just imagine, yeah. I got a boner. In my, in my, as you said that, it's just like somebody goes like, the silent advert is like, almost like a 1920s cartoon. Like, <laughs> you just hear like the sound and he's like, 
looks Boy. down. <laughs> oh no, there's, no, he doesn't even look down. His eyes are animated. This goes like, Ooh. <laughs> it looks straight <laughs> down. And then they look back up straight to camera and blink twice. Blink. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the way it's animated, it's really the head. The head turn is really jerky. So it's sort yes. of like there's a frame. There's a frame where it goes oh. back from. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They've just played this, the only piece of animation this... in reverse. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> this whole this whole bit that we just did. Yeah. Is so well observed. It's. <laughs> I mean, it's it's spot on, isn't it? it I, yeah, it's not funny, so but well like, goodness me, goodness me, is it astute? Fucking yes. hell, that was. Good. It's the sort of thing you'll see on YouTube and go like, "Ooh," <laughs> you'll just go, "Ah, yeah." Oh, it's the sort go. of th- yeah, yeah. An audience watching it wouldn't laugh, but they turn to the person they were with and go, "There'd be one guy who like grabs his friend's arms, keeps looking at us, just goes like, grabs <clears> his friend's arm because he was just talking about something quite similar, yes. like yeah. that week." And there'll be a guy in the not back. Not laughing at all. And, and, the other, and, and the friend that he was talking to about it didn't know what he meant. So he thought it was just him. And then we we vocalise it. And he goes... <laughs> He's got a hand over mouth. Yeah. Goes, it's not just me. There's a guy next to them who who's like... <gasps> And he's but he's completely still. And then you hear, yeah. and he looks down just with his eyes, and he's got a boner. And he looks back up, and he's like, "There's one more person at that gig. It's someone's girlfriend, and her arms are folded, and she hates the gig." Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. And she hates that bit. She's just like, oh. She sighs. I yeah. Just, like it when goes... they talk about erections. I prefer it when they talk about jizzing while soft. <laughs> she doesn't like me, especially. She's like, I don't. <laughs> God. But she she's got one that she likes. She, I but get it's like, not me. I get like I get like that what she's saying is funny, but there's just something about her. It's just yeah, I don't, I don't like <laughs> Just like mm. Why did she do her makeup that much for this gig? This Why is did she put that much makeup on. <laughs> I think I've seen this audience recently. I think this is all audiences. <laughs> <laughs> there's always somebody with a boner. <laughs> <laughs> you just hear it as in total silence. <laughs> what are you drinking, Masood? So, I love um, it. The look I, of it. I was going to make a. Uh, <laughs> you love the look of it. What are we laughing at? <laughs> you won't know what? what that looked like, Suze, but it was like. Imagine this is a sports direct book and you just went, I love the look of your drink. And then you just cover your entire face <laughs> <laughs> with both hands in this sports direct book. Okay, I've never seen timing gonna... like it. That was that was. Very funny. <laughs> I just wanted a sip of my drink. What's so funny about that? But it's so that? massive, just so all over. That looks fantastic. <laughs> do I look like um? Do I look, yeah, when a kid's like, when a mum's gone like, right, you're not allowed. No, come on, come over here. Hot day, nineties oh, mum. Yeah. Come over here. Right, you're not allowed to play anymore until you've had a bit of water, and they, and you want to run a play, so you go. <laughs> 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 Yeah, what are you? What are you drinking? Uh, so it was. I was going to make a a gin margarita, but then I decided against Ooh. it because it sounded. Oh, I don't know. I wasn't too sure of it, so I backed out of it and instead made um, not quite a white lady because white lady has um, like a foam on Hi. top. You usually have foam <laughs> on top. Hey, uh, but I put bitters in it, so it's gin, uh, orange liqueur, and lemon juice, and a little bit of bitters in it. So I wouldn't call it. Maybe Lovely. I'll just call it not not quite a not quite a white lady. Um, well, Chris, what what do you have for us today, Sue? Are you eating a mini quiche? No, it's an eaten mess chocolate. Oh, okay. 
It Obviously. looks like a mini quiche. What was I? Saying? Oh yeah, the me- the mystery uh, oh, is yes, Dimitri Navashin. I think I've said Navashin right. So, for those of you who have been listening to uh, our show and are, or have just jumped in, we're sort of fairly in the, I don't know, depths of, well, we're, we're sort of working 20th our century way through, uh, 20th history, century espionage, geopolitics, uh, espionage. But we, so, last week, we were uh, uh, in Spain, España, <laughs> <and laughs> in 1936, uh, there or thereabouts. And where are we today, then? Guys? And we are now in 1937 okay mm. and and january 1937 we are just in 1937 now happy new year this mm. this this case links back to a few we've covered okay throughout Ooh. the entirety of mystery on the rocks <gasps> whoa um, yeah wow okay yeah. this is like a sort of nexus point I'm excited. in which a lot of things okay okay so, Dmitry Navashin, he was a Russian politician and economist. Okay. He was born in 1889. Uh, he was born in Moscow. And after the February Revolution in 1917, which, as we know, was the one that overthrew the... Uh, Finkel. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. uh, yeah. He was assigned to the vice presidency of the Red Cross. Oh. Uh, uh, under the newly formed Russian provisional government, and it was he mm. was he was assigned to the vice presidency, and this was the Red Cross under the newly formed Russian provisional government to oversee the treatment of German prisoners during World War One. Now, obviously, the Red Cross is a humanitarian organisation. We know what mm-hmm. the Red Cross is because Navashin was an experienced economist and had good like a lot of experience with uh, economics, and he had he'd made co- good connections with the West. He managed to stay in good favour with the Communist Party when it then seized power late in 1917. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because if you remember, the provisional government was then overthrown. So the provisional government overthrew the uh, the monarchy. Was it a monarchy yeah. or like an like what? Is oh, it a in Russia. Mm. Yeah. Like oh, it was like because they were called well, Tsars and Tsarinas, and it was kind of yeah. Like an what empire, was it called? It? There was, like was the... a sort of. I guess it's kind of a monarchy, sort of, but it's you like... know what I mean. Dynasty. Uh, yeah. So they, the provisional <laughs> the government, the provisional <laughs> government overthrew them, and then yeah. they themselves were overthrown later. That same year. Yes. Yeah. So that provisional oh, right. government wasn't in, wasn't in control very long, and it yeah. was run by Alexander Kerensky. And Kerensky, uh, Navashin was a supporter of him. It was Kerensky that had formed the uh, this provisional government that Navashin was under, which was put at the vice presidency of the Red Cross. Even though he supported Kerensky, he still managed to stay in favour with the Communist Party because he was an asset because of his connections mm. with the West and his of experience course. with and his, econ- yeah. uh, e- 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 economics. Even though he was critical of this new government, he assisted with restoring Russia's economy, which had been devastated by both the war, First War, and revolution, and like civil war. The Soviets, they sent him to Spain in 1921 as a diplomat, and he negotiated with Spain to exchange uh, petroleum reserves with the Soviet Union rather than with the Shell Company. <laughs> Ooh, hello. And then in 1927, he was assigned to Paris, to assume the d- directorship of the BCEN Eurobank, and that was responsible for the Soviet Union's financial matters in France. So he's getting around, and he's 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 laying some foundations. It feels. Yeah. Um, it feels careerist. Yeah, he's. <laughs> Navashin. 
<laughs> no, yeah. Do you mean a machine? Okay, so sort of, I guess, but maybe he's just trying. Maybe that's out of self-preservation, all right? Because okay, yeah, 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 it's, yeah. A, it's 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 pretty dicey out there. When he, he was just, sent to yeah. France after Stalin rose to power, because in nineteen like Stalin rose to power in nineteen twenty-four. Mm. So in nineteen twenty-seven, he was then Navashin was sent to um, France as Stalin was getting like more and more of a an iron grip, I guess. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Navashin decided not to go back to Russia, but to stay in France. And he started advising the Popular Front, the French Popular Front, which was a political party that shared his ideological views because Navashin was a socialist. Oh. Right. Uh, okay. And his, but his politics were more closely associated with this leftist. The Popular Front was a, an alliance of French left-wing movements, all right? Okay. They were, he was more ideologically in tune with them than he was with Marxism or Leninism. Leninism. You're right, right, right. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Uh, so he stayed in France to advise the French Popular Front, and then during France's economic crisis in the 1930s, he was a good asset there as well. Okay, it seems to be and, just fall into jobs, which I think is you know very. I quite uh, like yeah, that. so um, like, oh. so at the time, I think the prime minister in France at that point was André Leon Blum, and his economic minister collaborated closely with Navashin, and Navashin was like lauded for his input. And he counselled the economic minister at the time to disband the industrial cartels in France. Why are we talking about Navashin? On the 25th of January 1937, he was walking his dog, little fox terrier. Hey. Mm-hmm. Good choice. Yeah. In a park in Paris, which was called the Bois de Boulogne. And mm-hmm. he was assassinated. He was stabbed to death in broad daylight. Fucking hell. And it still remains unsolved. What? No what one the knows. fuck? Yeah. It's 1937. For, yeah. It's Paris. There's a stabbing in, in broad, broad daylight. daylight. In broad daylight, and nobody knows. And nobody. he was 47 years old. That's fucking mad. Mm. I d- I, so, I, what's the 47 years old bit? Yeah, that's the bit that's got me. I'm like, how is he? What is? <laughs> and he's got a fox terrier. That's suspicious. 47 fox terrier. Fox terrier. I don't think so. That's the circumstances. Right. Did the dog do it? <laughs> it's very, well, he's, by in his went, teeth. Oh, that's cute, man. Oh, look at the, and the dog's just. Look like... at that dog. It's a murderer. He thinks he's a murderer. <laughs> it was a man, man in a dog costume. Uh, yeah, a giant dog. It costume. was the TV show Woof. Yeah. <laughs> or it was... Remember Woof? Yeah. Do you remember they had to change the boy because the boy would get too old? <laughs> really? Oh, did they? Oh, wow. Yeah. Well, he, um, did you ever see it, Masood? No. It was a boy who turned into a dog. And then when he turned back into a boy again, he'd always be nude, and I did not. Care We're going to find out now ah. that they probably made they made six episodes of Woof. <laughs> yeah, but we thought they made like thirty, but it was the same. I guarantee I watched hell. it every. What? How it many? ran from nineteen eighty nine. Yeah. To nineteen ninety seven. What? Fuck so it, they were making Woof loads. past when I would have been watching Woof. Yeah. So like that's I watched I watched Woof in the late eighties, the early nineties. Yeah. And as far as I was concerned, it ended then. But no, apparently it, it carried on until we were 13. Do you reckon at the end the boy died? <laughs> Chris is shocked. Did he? He's, one of them did. <laughs> one of the boys did. Leslie, Leslie Grantham was in it. Oh, fucking hell, mate. Dirty he played, Den. He played a ruthless dog warden from the local dog pound. Jeez. Stephen <laughs> Fry was in boys. one episode. Anita Dobson, Penelope Keith, Leslie wow. Phillips, Julian Fellows... <laughs> It sounds Everyone like one was in this show, guys. It sounds like it sounds like this show is studded. I was going to say this sounds like this show is a kingmaker. That's what this show is. This is like when Tim Spall was in Chuckle Vision. <laughs> You're like Anthony Head was in here. What the hell? No, he wasn't. Chuckle, Chuckle, Chuckle Vision. 
Chuckle Anyway, sorry, we've we've wow. uh, we, woof. Oh, no, we started on woof, and now we're um, <laughs> so we're our, our man is in France. He got stabbed in the middle of the day. Mm. I imagine there's plenty of witnesses, but all of them saw nothing. Well, yeah, that, those are the circumstances, and now let's let's discuss what might have happened. So, bearing in mind he didn't go back to Russia, he elected to remain in France. Yeah, because Navashin like was insistent that he cut ties with the Soviet Union in 1929 mm-hmm. but some suggest that that was subterfuge and he actually was still a Soviet spy oh. while in France oh. French detectives couldn't find any evidence of him engaging in acts of espionage, but they qualify this with beyond the early 1930s. <laughs> so it's not like they're saying, well, he was never a spy. What they're saying yeah. is, like, I don't think he was a spy anymore. Oh, right. Right. In 1937, he had already been summoned to return to Moscow, but declined it. And he was well, you then don't ignore faced that. With, they ask you, you go. <laughs> that meant he faced open hostility from Soviet agents. Mm. And he also created enemies within anti-Semitic groups who were aware of, I guess, the the people whose ears he had. Like, he aware of his counsel in political parties and stuff. Right. So he made he made a lot of enemies, by, first of all, by not returning to Russia. Second of all, by being a lefty. And yeah. th- third of all, by being a, a an open lefty, when like, as we've discussed, fascism was on the rise in Europe, and it wasn't mm. just in Germany. We looked at Spain last week. Yeah, it was everywhere. And then, mm. and then we're in France. So, well, after happening. World War Two, it happened in Italy too. It was, it was, it was, uh, <clears throat> it was sort of. Well, like, it, was, it happened in Italy before World War Two as well, didn't it? With Mussolini. It did, and then yeah, like it was before, and then like just after. Yeah, yeah, it was like it was mad. But it was so, like, like communist type, as in like Russia was trying to bleh, bleh. anyway. We'll yeah. get to that this is that. so nuts. Like uh, doing this podcast, I I I don't feel like I didn't know this, but I think of now and I'm like, what a wacky time! And this time is fucking nuts. Yeah, this is mad. Look this... what was happening. It's insane. It feels like this period in the in the Second World War is the most strange. We're I mean we're totally entering Cold War territory now with this stuff. It feels Those very bits like between the two world wars. It's nuts, oh, man. Mad. It was. They had twenty years of mm. I'm putting in quote marks. It's probably Peace. why. It's probably why we've got so many episodes into this series and we're still pre World War Two. Mm. Um, yeah. Like maybe maybe we'll speed up a little bit once it goes on. But this bit is so dense. Of there's so yeah. much here. There's so shit. much so, here. The perfect um, chemical balance of cult, yeah. of society created this. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that, that that simply that is it. This guy was stabbed to death in broad daylight. That's the mystery. Yeah. Who did it? When we can look at several theories. Yeah. And I did uh-huh. say that this was going to link to several episodes of Mystery on the Rocks. Okay. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm very excited. So let's start, let's start with linking back to the most recent one, which is um, obviously we've recently covered uh, Stalin. And yes. The famine in the Ukraine. So mm. Which I think about regularly. Getting... I think about that very, very frequently. <laughs> Bearing in mind, 1924, uh, this is 1930. Let's say 1936, because this happened yeah. January 1937. So he'd been in power for 12 years, mm-hmm. and it didn't mean 
that he was any less secure. He was paranoid. Stalin was absolutely yeah. paranoid. And maybe that is because there were so many overthrowings in a short space of time in Russia that he saw happen, that he was like, it could happen to me at any point, it could happen to me at any point. And maybe yeah. that's why he then sort of like sought to quell any opposition and, yeah, stop anybody that might threaten. Uh, yeah, by murdering them. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. just the best way to do yeah, it. Yeah, because yeah, because he was a, a tyrant. <laughs> Don't know if you know this, guys. Um, um, but yeah, no, absolutely. In 1936... Stalin's paranoia had reached like fever pitch that he instigated Whoa. what has come to be known as the Great Purge. Yeah. Are you aware of the Great Purge? We didn't. Did we sort of talk about it in the Stalin? Um, we kind of maybe skimmed over it, but I feel like we we probably would have. It feels very much like something that was it. Uh, who was it? There's a. I know there was a Chinese dictator who did the same thing. Yeah, it's basically thing. it's basically a similar thing. So he decided yeah. that he was um uh he wanted to solidify his power. He wanted to remove any remaining influence of Leon Trotsky, who had been a rival to him. Yes. And other political rivals. And the Great Purge, it was also known as the Year of 37, but it went from August 1936 to March 1938. Okay. Fucking hell. So he just just was like, right, anyone... And initially he was laughing. So when he assumed, when he succeeded Lenin, he was quite a popular leader for a very little bit. And then, of course, they lost faith in his leadership following the disasters of collectivization, the Holodomor, and so on. Yeah. And so that's when Leon Trotsky started to try and sway the party away from Stalin's command. And the first assassination of the Great Purge was actually in 1934, a couple of years before the Purge actually started. It was uh, Sergei Kirov who was assassinated. Okay. So yeah, he, he authorised the Great Purge, in which 700,000 people to 1.2 million people died. <gasps> Fucking hell, man. Wow. That's mad. Jesus Christ. God, that's, that's like, you, you'd notice the difference in the size of population. Yeah, that's yeah. huge. Do you know that's what I mean? You'd, you'd notice it out and about. Everyone yeah. would know someone who was... It manifests itself in summary executions, massacres, mass murder, ethnic cleansing as well. And the main perpetrators of it was the NKVD, which we spoke about. It's the yes. Stalin's mm-hmm. secret service. Yeah. Then there is this uh, theory that he had, Navashin had been a spy for the Soviet Union. And because he had more in common with the the popular front than he did with the communist party back in the Soviet Union. They um they had him done in the NKVD. Right. Okay, yeah, yeah. They're like, right, let's let's get rid of him. He knows too much. Yeah. Mm. So that is that's one uh, theory. Okay. And one link, as we've talked about. There's even a name of an NKVD officer who could have done it. Oh really? Okay. Pantalemon Tachinov. 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 Right. Uh, Pantalimon Tachinov. Uh, he uh, could have carried out his assassination. <laughs> Bless you. Bless you. In order to silence him before he released evidence proving the innocence of Soviet political prisoners. So if Navashin could prove the innocence of these people, it wouldn't look good, so they got rid of him. That's one right. theory. Okay. Uh, the other theory is potentially more exciting, and this is this ties into... A longer ago episode of Mystery Okay. Rocks. Because this happened in 1937 in France, where there was a fascist extremist group on the rise called the Cagoule. Oh, shit! <gasps> Those motherfuckers! Sacre bleu! Oh, my good golly gosh. Going back to the very early days of Mystery on the Holy Rocks. Holy shit. Yeah. 
There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. So these fucking guys. It was our first episode we recorded, wasn't it? That's right. With Neve, Neve Walsh. Yeah. Because the Cagoule were the most likely perpetrators of the impossible murder of Letitia Turo. Yes, that's right. On the Metro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Letitia Turo, of course, who was also a spy. Yes. Yes. Fuck, holy shit. Literally. Oh my good gosh. She likes to wear a green coat, the slag. <laughs> so the nice detail there. Um, yeah. Well remembered, yeah, she wore a green coat. Well, I just remember it being really like, they were, didn't, it wasn't literally like she wore a green coat and the press were like, Ugh. Oh yeah, because that's something like, prostitutes, was it something like, well, prostitutes wear green coats. No, 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 no. the reason it was a big detail oh. was because she always wore black because she was in mourning oh. for, she was a widow. And, yes. then, and then the day she got killed, she wore, she, she decided to wear a green coat. Yeah. What is the mourning period? Hair. How long do you wear black? As long for? as you mourn for, I guess. Queen Victoria, like, yeah. I think, was like she made it like, oh, it's my whole personality. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Oh, what well, you yeah. don't like tomatoes, yeah. do you? Is that your whole personality? You're being a right grumpy Gus. <laughs> yeah, oh, she, well, that's her personality. Ooh, She's a he grump. died months ago. Oh, come on, get over it, mate. Eat your tomatoes, Vicky. Yeah, so good. what? He introduced us to the Christmas tree. Big deal. Well, he had his knob pierced. Amazing. <laughs> he lived in a can. Fabulous. <laughs> I love the idea. That's Mr. Brown. That's Mr. Brown, that is. But yeah. That was weird, just, wasn't it? That just movie? slagging off Albert. It was literally like, hey guys, Billy Connolly's playing a serious role. And Billy Connolly went, yep, and that'll do for now. Yeah, yeah, that's he never did it again. It. He never played a serious role again. So yeah, the 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 Kugul. The, Kugul. Now, the theory that the Kugul Those did motherfuckers. it is yeah, it was to create fears of communist conspirators in France. Now, if people have only just joined Mystery on the Rocks and they haven't listened to that episode or they don't know what the Kugul was, the Kugul is a terrible name to an English-speaking person because you just think of a rain mac. Yes, but the literal translation is actually the Kel, which is like more like la cooler. It's yeah. called the Kell, yeah. yeah. Um, it was obviously, they were a group of fascists and they were an an, a specifically anti-communist terrorist cell. Yeah. Mm. It was formed to overthrow the Popular Front government. Now, bearing in mind, Navashin was a key advisor in that. So he was like, no, no, thanks. Please don't do that. Yeah. yeah. We talked about this on the actual episode as well. So as well as being founded by Eugène Deloncle, also it was bankrolled by the founder of L'Oreal. Oh, yeah, that's right. Ah. So yeah, they carried out assassinations, bombings, uh, sabotage. Uh, some of it Guilt was to frame Christian. communists. Others 
were to kill them. They planned to overthrow the government in November 1937, uh, b- but they were the Lacagua was infiltrated by the police, and then the government arrested about 70 men. Fucking hell. And it was um, men. It was right. definitely men. <laughs> this is, this is well, <laughs> well, Letitia Turo had infiltrated them, and it's still there's still some oh, doubt yeah. as to whether she was a double agent and actually was like sympathetic to them, or whether she was playing she both was, sides. <laughs> or whether she was actually infiltrating <laughs> them to, 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 to bring them down. Oh uh, yeah. Um, mm. In reference to this particular, it had already attempted to assassinate the French Prime Minister Leon Blum. Um, oh wow! It trained many terrorism. It built underground prisons and it ran guns between Belgium. This is like a ghouls, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. It tried to destabilize and destroy the French Republic. So some think that he'd been killed by the NKVD while the Great Purge was underway in the Soviet Union. Yeah. Uh, others think that the Kagul did it. Uh, okay. Because of his links to the Popular Front government, and he was a Soviet national, but he'd also been the respected director of the Paris branch of the Soviet State Bank, if you remember as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you've got, they, they might think of him as an enemy in two ways. First of all, for being a supporter of the Popular Front government and advisor to it. And second of all, they ate communists. And he yeah. officially was from the Communist Party when he was right. back in the Soviet Union. So. Yeah. And if he, was a, yeah. if he was a communist spy, so they believed that they would see him as a double target and get rid of him. Right. Uh, Letitia Duro, by the way, was murdered in May 1937. This happened in January 1937. Now, one of the motives often cited for the murder of Letitia Thoreau is that she had information on both the assassination of two anti-fascist, Italian anti-fascists called the Rossoli brothers. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Because that happened in June, a month after she died. So some thought that she got killed because she had information about that and was about to blow the lid on it. Yeah. But also she had the inside track on the Navasheen murder as well. Oh shit! Oh shit! So oh, the, yeah, shit. so possible. So this murder that we're looking at now of Navashin could be the reason that Letitia Thoreau was murdered on that tube carriage. Holy mm. shit! Wow! Wow! Okay, this is this big, Chris? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is this is deep. This sounds like the sort of thing that should have a massive HBO series that everybody's talking about. Yes. As well as three films already made about it. And yet I'm just finding out about it right now. Yeah. So those are the links to the previous episodes of Mystery on the Rocks. Yeah. So we've got the, the, the Russian history episodes that we've done so far this season, but also the Letitia Thoreau murder as well. Yeah. I, the part of me that really wants that to be true because that's so for us mostly <laughs> to be yeah, like because it's narratively right? pleasing yes absolutely <laughs> um but then also for partly because i think like again letitia to when is the um because the the actual investigation was sealed wasn't it and won't be opened for another few years uh what are we on now? another 15 years yeah it was sealed for 100 years so it'll be yes. 2030 oh 16 years 2038 It'll be when they reopen. Oh, the I thought it was close. I thought it was oh, close. This is going to be great. Yeah, we'll be in our fifties. Oh um, man! Imagine us still like, doing the show we're in still our fifties. <laughs> just waiting. It's like we've done it out of spite, just so that we can hear them open the <laughs> the thing yeah. and be like, "Oh, we've got it now." <laughs> we're yeah, the only people still releasing a podcast as a sound file. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone else just downloads it straight to their brain, and these guys are going, "Ooh." <laughs> I don't listen to it with headphones. Fucking grandpa. A little bit of me is like, I'll forget 
a little bit about it, and then yeah. they'll 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 open the files, and I'll be like, holy shit, yeah, oh, yeah it's yeah. now, it's twenty thirty eight, brilliant. Yeah, um, aren't the JFK files out now? Oh, oh his assassination. Yeah, I, I thought they were out now, but they were... they were like most of it was in the bin or something. <laughs> Just. Why did you, you check the reports in the bin? I don't know. I didn't think we needed it. I, I thought, thought it was, it was 2018. And yet know. it happened and nothing. Oh, this is like when they say, oh, the, the, FBI, the FBI are going to release the uh, UFO files. Oh, yeah. And it's like, they're not, they're not admitting the existence <laughs> right. of aliens. They're just no. admitting that there are things in the sky occasionally. They don't know what oh, they that are. was really yeah. funny, wasn't it? And also, also the JFK, I'm sure we do JFK okay. when it gets to it. Feels like quite a big thing in history. Um, but the JFK shooting... I've got some news for you. It was Lee Harvey Oswald. <laughs> it was, yeah. It was 100% Lee Harvey Oswald. Mm. I had to put them in the bin because Lyndon B. Johnson came in here. He slapped his dick in my face. And I was like, I don't <laughs> want that to happen again. So I had to throw them in the bin. He said, if I don't throw them in the bin, he'll slap me in the face with his dick again. <laughs> you know what the B stood for in his name? Big. Lyndon Big Johnson. <laughs> so there is, mm. um, like I said, a name of a potential NKVD agent. So yes. if you subscribe to the idea that as part of the Great Purge, Stalin had him killed yeah. and the NKVD sent this guy called uh, Pantalemon to go and do it, um, there's also a potential name from one of the Kagul that did it. Oh, okay. Yeah, called Jean Filial. Jean Filial. Jean Filial, with we the... spoke about... Because he is also the one that was most likely to have killed, killed Letitia, Letitia Thoreau. Oh, fuck. Right. So if you believe the theory that the Kagul did both of them in, yeah. chances are mm. was the same guy. Was the same Because Jean Filial was like a, a bona fide psychopath who yeah. worked right. for the Kagul and was like, yeah, no, I'll kill the prime minister. Like he was like the one mm. that would be like, yeah, no, I'll do the killing. I'll kill him. Yeah. I'll kill him. Oh, we wow. haven't got a plan. We, we don't even said who we're killing. You've just come into the room and said, I'm happy to kill somebody. So <laughs> yeah, there, is a, um, there is a very good chance that these two impossible murders were committed by the same guy. Jesus. Oh, my God. I mean, that would be pretty juicy if that was his handiwork. Both stabbed. Just quickly about the Great Purge, I sort of wanted to... Was that a common thing to for him to even, like, spread those tendrils as far as, you know, killing former Russian citizens who may have information? I mean, that feels like... Not overkill, but it feels like very... Although it does seem similar um, to something we covered before, where that guy was kidnapped and swapped... Like, through different I they, uh, yeah. bandits. I guess they could just discredit somebody that it, lives abroad. Do you know what yeah, I mean? It's but then, like, well, then again, though, his paranoia does, it was at fever pitch. So I suspect he, rather than discredit someone, be like, just kill him. It'll be faster <laughs> than just like yeah, setting but, up. Like, he's already in France. You've got to send somebody to go and do it. Or you could just, you just, uh, you just, no, you hire local. That's what you do. You, you phone up, uh, you hire but, local. Uh, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Ah, so in which case, no, there's no way they'd have worked for the Soviet government because they were, they were on the far right. But you get someone to get someone to do it. So you've got a yeah, fixer maybe. out there who does it. I mean, I don't know. I'm just assuming. That's what I'd do. <laughs> I'd, I'd, I'd have someone who's a middle person who does the, you know, you, you, all you got to do is tell them, oh yeah, he's, he's against you. Kill him. <laughs> and then they go, okay. 
and they fucking kill him. Yeah. I don't know. That's that's my... If I were a dictator and I was getting paranoid about people coming to take my, you know, dictatorship, that's what I'd do. <laughs> I'd make sure I had, you know, a fucking web of people <laughs> that would sort this stuff out for me. They do the details. I have the... I'm the big ideas guy. I'm at the top. Okay, I'm the big. I'm Frank. I got the big ideas. It's the other people that makes you like every other dictator on the planet. Because essentially, yes, it's like Franco didn't have any ideas or political acumen. No, exactly. Same with um, uh, same with same with Hitler. I guess he was quite happy for other people to do the heavy lifting, and he just. You oh, know, he read was newspapers like the shopping himself. trolley yeah. Domin- Cummings describes yeah. Boris Johnson as just careening off things and going, oh, that's quite good, yeah. boink. Blah, 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 that's no real good. ideology or any sort of anything. Just the just, power, just, yeah. just interested in he the power. He knows he hates Jews and he knows he's quite angry and bitter. That is a theme with the rest with, um, can go anywhere. I think that's yeah. a theme with the... Dictators uh, in general? dictators, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. It seems to, yeah. Mm. It's very likely that it could have, it could have been that. Okay, so okay. The other alternative is it's there's somebody who's really opportunistic and wanted to steal his dog. <laughs> Part of me thinks that that's probably. But... Yeah, Chris was like, remember earlier I told you what breed this dog was. Was yep, yeah, that relevant. was very important. They're great it's, dogs. <laughs> it's it's like when someone says mentions a black person in a story, it's coming back. Don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> so it could have been it could have been a dog thief. Yeah, so the, I mean, because it was a fox terrier, right? <laughs> yeah, they're great dogs. They are both. Great of, dogs. Bo- I mean, it originated in the nineteenth century. That breed, the fox terrier. So it's 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 a oh yeah. So it's a pricey dog. If it's a pure mm. breed, lots of lot, lot of money. So, a lot of money, man. So maybe yeah, maybe oh. could have been, been dog nap. Oh, oh no! In the in the film or TV series, it's just licking his little face. It's licking his yeah. face uh, as he's doing. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. Oh, you know when dogs, you know when dogs look worried and they go. Oh. Yes, that's it. Yeah. yeah. Just... Papa, Papa, get out, <laughs> yeah. Papa. It does that horrible thing where it sort of like nudges his hand and the yeah, hand just keeps it. falling. Yeah. And in reality, dogs are just like food goes in here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It would just be like the lead would drop and it just run away. <laughs> it just... <laughs> that's it. That's it. You got to choose. Okay. Was it the was it was it Stalin's NKVD or was it oh, La Cagoule? No. Who also done in Letitia Turo a little well, bit later I, on. Well, I want it to be La Cagoule. I want it to be La Cagoule, who is also a dog napper. <laughs> it's just like, they killed, it's like, they killed <laughs> the, him. The missing detail about Letitia Turo is she also had a great had dog a, with her. A, a really great little Pomeranian. And that's how like, they did it. It was the dog that did it. And no one suspected the dog. No one suspected the dog? No The tube carriage was empty. How did this happen? How did this happen? The oh, fucking dog, mate. I reckon they had a night of the long knives. It was just a year and a half long. It's, yeah, I think they just. I think the long night of the long knives. <laughs> I reckon it, it well, feels the night very of the long much knives like, was like four days, wasn't it, or something? Yeah. Oh, yeah, it feels very much like in line with uh, Stalin's kind of like sheer, you know, Nixon-like paranoia, <laughs> where he's just fucking yeah. and just going for gold and mm. and getting rid of everybody. It, that feels whether he hired the Kagula or not. Uh, I think it feels, for me, it feels very much like a Stalin move. Where he's like, right, get rid of everybody. Let's fucking, you know, let's do it. Let's. Dictators yeah, have this really yeah. weird thing of, of like, like like you said, Chris, about the, like, the killing everybody who, like, might discredit them. Or what Castro did with the 
uh, all of the horrible people in prisons in Florida, I mean, in Cuba, and then ship them out to Florida. And that's how they all became drug dealers. Is like, they just, dictators just be like, uh, we don't want to deal with these people anymore. Let's just fucking get rid of them <laughs> and just ship them off to mm-hmm. another country. Or, hey, all those people that might say bad shit about us, let's kill them. Let's just fucking kill yeah. all of them. It's like, again, I feel like they're writing a pros and cons list. <laughs> if we kill them, they won't say bad shit about us. This is good. I'm putting it in the pros. I'm putting it in the pros. Cons. <laughs> Put it in the cons. Someone might find out. That's not really. We'll put it in the con. We'll, how about we put it in the middle? We put it between pros and cons. We don't know if anybody will find out. You know what? I'm going to rub it out. I think it's stupid. That's not going to go there. <laughs> I just think that, yeah, it feels very much like they. I paranoid. just did a bit of digging power. and I, I, found, hmm. I found something that um, it's, from a, it's from a book called A History of Fascism in France from the First World War to the National Front and uh, it says what happened to the dog. Oh, holy shit. Okay. What happened to the dog? Oh my God. So obviously he was stabbed, Navashim was stabbed to death and he had three stab wounds. Yeah. Mm. Midway through the attack, they shot the dog. Oh shit. <gasps> so, Aww. yeah, why? Oh. The dog was probably like, stop that, stop that, stop why that. Not, why not shoot Navashim? Yeah, that's much quicker. This is ah. much, this is very much a statement. We're going to walk up and we're going to stab him. So then it mm. doesn't feel like a... So if the murderer... Like, I can understand them stabbing him if that's all they had to hand. But if they had a gun to sh- with which to shoot the dog, yeah, they could have shot him from a distance. And made... Like, walking up and stabbing him three times in broad daylight, that's a statement. That means I think it was the Kagul and not yeah, the I was Yeah, I was about to say, I'm like, now that there's the gun to shoot the dog. Yeah. Also, that feels like a pretty psycho move in general. <laughs> like, we're going to yeah. list it back to the guy. It's like, the do- what, is the dog a fucking witness? No. <laughs> Why are you shooting the dog? That's horrific. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Okay, I think I've switched over to the, this Kagul thing. They just hired old, what's his, what's his job? The the the. Psycho guy, what's his name? Jean what? Filial. Jean Filial. Yeah. But it's actually, um, yeah, because with, uh, it's like you said, Masood, the NKVD would just leave him be, I think. Yeah. Or if they were going to assassinate him, do it in a way that's more underhand and a bit like mm. more stealthy. Yeah, probably get him in his like, house. There's definitely, yeah, this feels like local fascists making a statement. Mm. Yeah, I think, I think they definitely, yeah, it feels like a ghoul. Yeah. I'm really upset about the dog being shot. Yeah, I'm sorry. Like, really? It's, it it's gives really it a John Wick energy, doesn't it? Yeah, I just, I wish he had someone to avenge both him and the dog, but mostly the dog. <laughs> I mean, if it's any consolation, mm. Mr. the dog would definitely be dead now if it hadn't been shot, but... Yeah. No way. No. Don't. No. That's just defeaters. No, exactly. It was, it was, it would have been, it would have been the Britain, it would have been Francis oldest dog. <laughs> just... <laughs> <laughs> I'm putting my money on the uh, on on the Kagul. Yeah. And I know that we said that that's what we wanted. And maybe I'm just wishfully thinking that it was the Kagul that did it for narratively pleasing reasons. But Ooh. it just feels like it wouldn't be the Soviet Union Secret Service doing it this way. Yeah. They're not going to shoot a dog, too. They don't. That doesn't feel like that's in their wheelhouse. <laughs> like, they'll, you know, they'll pretend to put Why'd you in Why did you shoot a... the dog? What? Why did you shoot the dog? <laughs> 
I just I thought it was it was annoying. It was jumping, and I was I stabbed the man, and I just I, it was heat of moment. I panicked. I I needed to oh, shit. I'm going to be thinking about that the whole train ride home. <laughs> then they just those two just sat back on the train, and in silence. And then the one who shot the dog was just like, "Fuck! I can't. I'm sorry. I can't. I can't stop thinking about it." <laughs> what do you think, Suzu? Did it? I just, I'm going to say that Kugul did it. Yeah. Because I think it would be good for our big movie. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> for the big Hollywood movie. But yeah, it feels like I, um, uh, I never thought that when we did the Letitia Tarot episode, we'd do a sequel. Holy shit. This is I it. I know, that's crazy, isn't it? Way back, 120 episodes ago or whatever. Yeah. yeah fuck what, me. Ep- what episode was it when it went out? I think it was like right. the... I think two or three. Yeah, it was no, early. I think it was because I, I think it was a bit later than that because I remember I remember uh, them sitting on it for a bit. Was it like eight? Because like, Nick it, went out first, even though he wasn't the first one we recorded. No. Yeah, because I remember thinking like, why are they sitting on it? Mm-hmm. Well, like we were really excited about it. Yeah. Uh, and then when it came out, it was I, like, oh yeah, we hadn't really nailed what the show was. <laughs> and also that was yeah, that was the first time eleven song episode and the song eleven. Was like, was it really? Yeah. Fucking hell. That was back when I was really well behaved and the song was like four minutes long. It's way too long. I, I, I remember being so proud of myself because I rhymed L'Oreal with Sorry Y'all. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> back when I used to stand up to record it. Oh, the whole episode, I remember. You could have sat down, but you didn't. No, I wanted to be stood because I was like, it's better. I, uh... Oh God! And now, I... now there's no song. I'm sat down. Okay, so yeah, that is yeah. Dimitri Navashin, okay. 1937. Fascism's on the rise yeah. in yeah, almost man. every country in Europe. That wow, that does. L- luckily, that we're not in that position anymore. Yeah, right. Mm. It's, it's a whoop whoop. Part of me hopes that this isn't the last we see of the Kagul, but I imagine it is. As in, um, for for narrative purposes, not for. I don't like them. <laughs> I think they're, they're okay, not good so, I hope this isn't. They're great. <laughs> I don't think there's another mystery that involves them. But, oh, okay. we'll, I mean, I could tell you what happened to them afterwards. This. <gasps> yeah, go yeah, on. Yeah, go on then. Yeah, go on. Yeah, tell us, Chris, Chris, Chris. Yeah. Okay, so they obviously, leading up to the Second World War, mm-hmm. they were still trying to... So, they, yeah, okay, so they uh, killed uh, Navasheen, we think. They yeah. killed Letitia Tarot, we think, who had yeah. infiltrated them. Uh, we think, and they also killed those uh, Italian anti-fascists. Yes, um, all in 1937. They tried to kill the French Prime Minister, and they they then tried to overthrow the government in November oh, wow. of that year to install a fascist government. Green big. However, like I said a little bit earlier, it was infiltrated by the French police. Yes. Mm. Uh, so the coup was stopped. The French police seized two tons of high explosives, several anti-tank or anti-aircraft guns, 500 machine guns, 65 submachine guns, 134 rifles, and 17 sawn-off shotguns. Fucking hell! 70 people from the Kagul were arrested. Mm. The founder of the Kagul, De, De Longle, had boasted that there were 12,000 men under his order in Paris and 120,000 in the provinces. But really, it was likely that there was no more than 200 men who knew much about the organisation and its structure. Oh. And and maybe a couple of other hundred who were just sort of like loosely affiliated with it. And by that, maybe they drove some of them without knowing. (laughs) 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 So what what outfit are you guys with? The Kagouls? Huh. (laughs) So 
they were infiltrated and arrested. Yeah. Uh, Filial, by the way, managed to escape, I believe. And I, this isn't oh, part of the article, shit. but if I seem to remember, because I read a book on the Kagul a few years ago when we did the episode, episode yeah. and I think Filial escaped to Spain and ended up uh, in Spain somewhere. Holy but, shit. Um, what happened to the people that they'd arrested is at the outbreak of World War Two, the French government released them to fight in the French army. Huh. Blimey. Is that a really a... I mean, I I don't like that idea. <laughs> it's not a great uh, idea. Uh, but during the war, members of the Kagul were divided. So some of them joined fascist movements. Deloncle himself founded the Mouvement Social Revolutionaire, which conducted various activities for Nazi Germany in occupied France. <sighs> and he bombed seven synagogues in Paris in October 1941. Jesus Christ. Oh... Uh, others became prominent members of the Vichy regime. A guy called Danon was the leader of the uh, Milice, which was a paramilitary organisation okay. created by the Vichy regime. Right. And uh, they fought the French resistance. They did enforce anti-Semitic policies. Yeah. And this guy, yeah. Danon, took an oath of loyalty to Adolf Hitler. Oh, brilliant. Oh. Great. Oh. Definitely do that. Yeah. Other, other people from the Kugel sided against the Germans and joined the resistance... Okay. Uh, or they joined uh, Charles de Gaulle's uh, Free French Forces. Okay. I mean, right. initially they weren't, you know, but uh, I suppose... Um, this you is know. quite big. Of loyalty yeah. to Adolf Hitler. It's like so nerdy. Yeah, that is, that, that is fucking nerdy, isn't it? I pledge loyalty to you. I mean, that that's that's some pretty fucking weak sauce shit, isn't it? I mean, yes. What a fucking douchebag thing to do. You know who yeah. Charles de Gaulle is, don't you? Yes. yes. He's an airport. <laughs> <laughs> I always want to say the same thing. He's an airport. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same as JFK. <laughs> yeah. These are airports. How do you he kill was, an um, airport? I don't know. Um, but uh, so... Fly a drone over it. Hey. He was an army officer who led this free French movement against Nazi Germany. He mm-hmm. chaired the provisional government of the French Republic in order to distor- restore democracy in France following World War II. After the war, a guy called Henri de Kerilly... He accused Charles de Gaulle of having been a member of the Kagul. Oh, shit. Okay. And had said that de Gaulle had been ready to install a fascist government if the Allies let him become France's chief of state. Oh, right. Fucking hell. Because the war broke out, the people from the Kagul that had been arrested in 1937, they weren't brought to trial for that conspiracy until 1948. Okay. Oh. And by then, a lot of them had served in the Vichy government or the resistance anyway, so they'd uh, so they few of them ever made it to trial. Oh right, yeah. So yeah. that's kind of what happened to uh, Lacagul, hmm. and then I suppose like its main early benefactor uh, went on like was L'Oreal. So yeah, <laughs> we all know what happened to him. Sorry, you. <laughs> uh... There you go. That's the little Kagul footnote. So no, we probably won't hear much of them. Now. Oh. Sars. Um, That's all right. I mean, I'm. I actually, I was quite grateful for that little footnote. I mean, yeah, like like Masood says, it's not a case of like these guys have really got something. Yeah. They're popping. Yeah, I really <laughs> want that. So, bearing in mind, Filial escaped to Spain. He might crop up. Mm. Oh, I hope he doesn't know. There's a chance apparently. he might have met Franco. Oh shit! During Franco's. Wow, 
Oh, thanks, Chris. That was. I'm a little shell shocked by this story that's yeah. brought us back to the early days of Mystery on the Rock. Yeah, that was that was what a connection. That's super cool. Wacky, wacky. Yeah. Oh, thanks, Chris. That was super awesome. And thank you, thank you for listening. Uh, thank you <laughs> for listening. And you. you. Well, I mean, I, I, I got a shot. <laughs> we can't tell the scribe. Can you? you. <laughs> thank you, the listener, dear listener, for listening. If you enjoy us and want to follow and find out more stuff, you can go to at Mystery on the Rock, spell R-O-X, on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, that's where we post stuffs, upcoming episodes, and the like. Uh, if you want to contact us just and be like, hey, guys, I like what you're doing. Keep it up. You're so brave. I like the way you're so brave. you taste. Uh, uh, you can email us on uh, mysteryontherock, spelled R-O-C-K-S, at gmail.com. Uh, you can also, if you so feel, join the Patreon, and we suggest that you do. Um, yeah. Uh, it is uh, patreon.com slash mysteryontherocks. Uh, you can sign up and get all sorts of super cool stuff, as well as finding out about what we're doing, episodes that come out early. You can get those before any of the schmucks out in the real world. Um, mm. You can get yourself some bonus apps. You can get yourself some cool shit. Some swag. Some sweet, sweet swag. Thank you v, v-, 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 v- much. <laughs> we'll see you later. <gasps> Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.